0: Justin Herbert and the Bolts bounce back in a big way, to taking down the Philadelphia Eagles 27 to 24 on Sunday, with Dustin Hopkins, the new kicker, winning the game with his 29-yard field goal. And for once, we're excited to do a game recap with you guys. I'm Daniel Wade, he's David Drogemeyer, and we also have John Kegley on the show today. Let's get into it.
1: You are locked on Chargers daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys, and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, and the Chargers really did it on Sunday against the Eagles, a big time win for Justin Herbert, specifically bouncing back. In a big way. Thank you to everyone who's checking it out for the first time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's checking us out on our new Locked On Chargers YouTube page. Make sure to go subscribe at the bottom. And thank you to everyone who's checking us out wherever you get your podcast from. And thank you for making us your first listen on a victory Monday. And I felt like the Chargers really lost three in a row coming into this one, right? Because you had two losses in a bye week where you just had to kind of sit with it. And now the Chargers are back on the winning side of things. Justin Herbert and Gabe Neighbors will be grilling up victory brisket very, very soon. And the Chargers got back in the win column in a game where they fought against a lot. I mean, top three corners, you know, one in Tavon Campbell got to play, right? But Michael Davis and obviously Asante Samuel Jr., their two top guys, had to miss the entire game. No Justin Jackson, no Alohi Gilman. I mean, they were, the Chargers had the odds stacked against them in this one, and they won 27 twenty four, And we have to just start the game by talking, David, about Justin Herbert, right? Because he had so much. He took so much crap, right? Over the years, two bad games. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the brakes on that Justin Herbert guy. Tua tonga Loa Is that the conversation we're going to have again, right? It's wild how that stuff happens and the narrative can change so quickly. But Justin Herbert and the Chargers got things done. Offensively, the Chargers basically had to play a perfect game. I mean, he ends up going 32 of 38 in this one, gets two r- uh, passing touchdowns and the rushing touchdown, which was really, really nice, and we'll talk about that. 93.2 QBR, David, 123.2 passer rating, 9.4 yards per attempt. The Chargers' offense really needed him down the stretch. The Chargers scored on every drive in the second half, and they get things done on the back of their superstar quarterback.
1: Yeah, I remember reading posts saying, "Is has the league figured out Justin Herbert after two bad starts? It's <laughs> like come on, man. And then Justin Herbert goes out there against the Philadelphia Eagles defense and shreds them just all day long, over 84% completion percentage. I think Joe Lombardi did a great job of really getting him in rhythm, uh, moving him around the pocket, um, really involving the tight ends. We knew that the tight ends and the linebackers of the Eagles were, were very vulnerable and, and the Chargers would be wise to exploit that. We saw that happen in this game. So uh Justin Herbert just really nice to see him get back into rhythm, make those throws that we know that he is capable of doing, and frankly, put the offense on his back. That's what he did in this game. He was phenomenal. He was back to his MVP quality caliber self against the Eagles.
0: He was. I mean, it was a huge game for him, and it was a huge game for the Chargers. And Brandon Staley continuing to be aggressive it bites him in the ass in the first half when the Chargers have really three drives and you know turn the ball over on downs on two of those three drives, including one that went 98 yards with no points, as David told me before the show, has never happened before to come away with zero it points It hasn't on happened
1: that. since 2001. It's literally been 20 years since an offensive team has had a drive that long and come away with nothing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm excited to actually get into this recap, but it was the way the Chargers won the game too, right? I mean, they went out and won it, because going into that last drive for the Chargers offense, you felt like there was no way they could give it back to Philly with the way Philly was moving the ball, with the way they were controlling the clock when they had the ball. Chargers had to go out and put points on the board, and they did that. And I think that was what was really cool for the Chargers, getting two fourth down conversions on that final drive to go in, win the game, especially with what they were battling against, with those big injuries. I mean, it was part of the reason I picked the Chargers not to win this game. No Michael Davis, no Asante Samuel Jr. Tavon Campbell pops up on the injury report later on the week, and he was the guy I felt most confident going into this game, and he still ended up playing in it. But the Chargers didn't do some things well, you know, too. I mean, Jalen Hurts only had to throw the ball 17 times and averaged more yards per attempt than Justin Herbert. I mean, some of those completions were way too easy, but – for the charge you know, on the good side of things, they got the tight ends involved, John. That was something we knew had to happen going into this one. The tight ends were monsters in this game. Huge performance for them. 11 catches, over 120 yards, two touchdowns. Massive. And special teams played well. Andre Roberts with two 30-plus-yard kickoff returns. What? Also had the 10-yard punt return that was really nice. Like, it was great seeing those contributions, getting Don Oparium involved, getting Steven Anderson involved, and you win the game with your kicker. Positive special teams plays, John. I mean, everything from that standpoint went right for the Chargers. They needed all of it, and they got it from those areas where we haven't always seen it.
2: Everything went right, including play calling. You got Justin Herbert rolling out of the pocket, completing quick passes, setting up bigger plays. You set up the big play to Mike Williams. You were getting them in rhythm by completing deep passes, then completing a short pass, completing another pass. Like you just make it to where it became natural for him just to complete it to somebody and find someone open. And then on top of that, you use the tight ends to do that. If it was third down, tight end. If it's a second and long because you got a bad run or a penalty, tight end. Need a touchdown, a tight end. Like you haven't used the tight ends like this at all this year, and used three of them, and used them all effectively. And Andre Roberts set up one of your touchdown drives with that really good return to the 39. And it shows when you have a good kickoff return, the offense looks a lot better. I've been saying this yeah. for the past few years. Get and they blocked return. it better,
0: John, which was a huge oh, yeah. point of emphasis for you.
2: Yes. We actually had blocking. It's like we actually had players on the field for once. It wasn't here's 11 kickoff guys and Andre Roberts. Yeah. Just go at it. Like on Family Guy, when Peter's part of the London nowadays and he goes against the Patriots all by himself. <laughs> It's, good. it's kind of like what Andre Roberts has been dealing with until today. That was way better blocking, and it shows the effects. If you give a guy with some speed and some elusiveness to some blocks, he'll find a hole, he'll make one guy miss, and make a decent return.
0: Yeah, well, and how about you know the stops on the kickoff coverage as well? You get a stop yeah. at the 15 on one kickoff. You get another stop at the 20. That's fifteen yards. With right? some That's physical 15 tackles, yards too. right there. Oh, I mean that Nazir Adderley hit was
2: the Nazir Adderley one was great. Bringing the wood, then, baby. Oh my! The did that silence was, the stadium
0: there, John, or were, were the fans so sick that they were actually kind of pumped up by it too?
2: Well, that one was the fifteen yard, uh, the fifteen yard line return. Yeah. And right when the guy catches the ball, they're like, okay, take a knee. Oh, come on. No. Like, everyone, no. Like, they already knew what's going to happen. And <laughs> here he comes running towards my sideline. And then it's her Adelaide just, they know, like, oh, come on. I just, like, it wasn't even like a, oh, it was a, oh, you got to be kidding. Like, they were embarrassed. And I'm just sitting there like, all right, you guys are just getting hit in the mouth like Rocky. Like, what are you guys mm-hmm. going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things too where you've seen it happen against the Chargers so many times, right? So to have it happen for the Chargers in this case where they're stopping someone at the 15 instead of their own returners averaging only 15 yards. Can we say that there
2: wasn't that many penalties as well? Like, Oh my God, yeah. We didn't beat ourselves that bad with penalties. Like We got some pretty bad ones, like some holding calls and a false start on the final drive, but we overcame them. But we but we didn't have a lot of them. It wasn't like, right. oh, Donald Parham touchdown. Oh, no nope, penalty again. Like We actually held on to our own selves, basically. There was no, okay, we got beat holding. Got beat again, another holding yeah. call. No, another false start. Here's Joey Bosa jumping off sides two plays in a row. Like none of that stuff.
0: And it seemed like that was a crew, right, that was kind of letting things go in this game. Yeah. I mean, they was letting them play for the most part. I mean, they missed a couple pretty brutal calls against you know chargers defenders getting held especially on some of joey bosa
1: in perpetuity always being h- well, held yeah, i mean just that's just every single game every tradition single play. is old
0: this time yeah i mean yeah <laughs> and yeah joey bosa i mean obviously had one pretty bad play too where he lost contained jalen hurts on that yeah, last drive that tied yeah. it up 24 to 24 but yeah. also yeah, gets the bad. only sack of the game which ended up being the only drive in the second half okay john with your air quotes is the only drive of the second half the Eagles didn't score. So the Chargers needed it desperately right there to get that three and out. But we're going to get into all the big plays because there's actually some fun things to talk about in the game recap. So we'll talk about a very limited amount of drives in the Chargers first half and then going into halftime down in the game, but coming on strong, winning the game, ending with the offense on the field and taking things into their own hands at the end of this game, which always just feels so much sweeter watching the Chargers win a one-score game But first, I need to tell you guys that you guys can get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, guys. Well, this is a game where we wanted to do a recap because, I mean, I feel like after the last couple of games, there's just been so much bad that we didn't want to make you have to relive it, right. I want to relive this one. I mean, this was a fun one for the Chargers. I mean, a game in which, obviously, defensively, there's some things that didn't go well for them, but a lot of things did go well for them offensively, too, right? And the Chargers offense, they needed everything out of them, and they got a lot, but not as much in the first half, where the 4th down conversions definitely played a giant factor in that. So let's start here with the Chargers getting the ball for the first time after forcing an Eagles punt on their own one-yard line. They go 98 yards down the field, and it ends up getting stuffed on fourth and goal. Keenan Allen gets tackled by two defenders as he's trying on a quick pass to reach the ball into the end zone. He can't get it, but it didn't end up being that big of a deal because what it did do was pin the Eagles back on the one-yard line, and they go three and out. Andre Roberts gets a 10-yard return, and it ends up setting up the only touchdown drive of the first half, David, and that was just nice to see. Offense and defense kind of played off of each other there. The Chargers ended up really giving the Eagles bad field position in special teams, gains you some field position, and the offense takes advantage of that great field position. And it was Steven Anderson who ends up sneaking out from the fullback position. Great play call on the goal line, gets a two-yard touchdown. And then Jared Cook had a catch and run of 23 yards that really set that up. But it was really nice to see the team working in synchronicity like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good punt return as well. I mean, just all three phases working well together. And I know that fourth down call was probably a little uncomfortable for some people because, hey, you're getting on this drive and you're not getting any points. But they do make the Eagles go very, very long distance, basically make them do exactly what the Chargers just did, and they can't do it. And, you know, they get a nice return who makes that field even shorter. And then you just see some really nice play calling going to the tight ends early on. And that really uh, helped jumpstart this offense. And then they score a nice touchdown Uh, that this was kind of like the start of the introduction of the tight ends in the game plan.
0: It was. I mean, it it was really nice to see that. I mean, yeah, you have the big Jerry Cook play and then you finish it off with the Steven Anderson play. And I mean, Steven Anderson just always seems to show up for the big. Key moments, right? It always seems like he comes up with something when you really need him to. And especially in the red zone and the way this game went, you had to finish there in the end zone and get those points. And it was a nice play call. Joe Lombardi deserves some credit there because it was an easy, easy touchdown. You love to see that, especially when you're getting Herbert out on the move when you're down there, giving him an easy throwing lane, letting him kind of create his own throwing lane in that situation, I thought was really nice. But then the Eagles decided, hey, guess what? We can run at will. Maybe we should have done that. The entire game, it didn't really start for them till the third drive, but they made a count. Thank you they for go, that, by the way. <laughs> nine nine out of the ten plays on the next drive for the Eagles were running plays. It ends up in a touchdown for the Eagles, and it was like, oh, no, here we go, right? Because we knew it was going to be an issue in this one, and it was just like you can't magnify it any more than just we're just going to run it nine out of ten times, right? I mean, a couple of them were scrambles by Jalen Hurts, but hurt is on third and goal, four yards out you give up a rushing touchdown. I mean, that's just really hard to give up when you're in the red zone. I mean, from four yards, if it's one yard, it's like, okay, well, you don't expect the Chargers to get off the field there, but you had a chance to at least make them try to go for it right on fourth down, but you let them in from four yards out on the ground. That's tough. And the Chargers, once again, get the ball back, are driving down the field, and turn the ball over on downs again. And it was another fourth down where they end up on fourth and two, running a pitch play or a toss, right, to Joshua Kelly on the outside. Had a full head of steam. It wasn't great blocking, but it was good enough for him to get the first down. I mean, you saw the clear path for him to get the necessary yardage. He ends up going down on first contact way too easily. And, John, I know that you were a fan of Steely going for it in those situations. I mean, if you like it when it's good, you also have to be able to accept it when it's bad. And I don't think any of us were questioning Brandon Staley at this point when he's going for it on those fourth downs, but it was just like, why is it Josh Kelly there? It's fourth and two. You need to have Austin Eckler on the field, especially if you want to run the ball.
2: Yeah, like if you look at the first fourth down, it was at the one yard line and field goals are probably not going to win you a game when you have a team that has a bunch of running backs that can run it down your throat probably. You're preparing for the rest of the game. It's a good call. Yeah, you later don't know on, how many
0: drives you're going to get.
2: And later on you've got a field goal opportunity. Do you really trust your field goal kickers? I mean, you got rid of one to sign another one that wasn't even that good because he got cut for the same reasons. Do you really trust him for a fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever you got in in a game situation? Are you really going to trust the field goal? No, you're going to trust your offense that scores and moves the ball really well. So it's another good call. It's just why Josh Kelly? You got He doesn't even move a pile or bounce off of anybody. He just goes down. Austin Eckler is a better choice. I mean – Larry Rountree is probably even a better choice. I mean, he's not much better than Joshua Kelly, but at least he moves his feet, drives and drives a a linebacker backwards or even hits a hole. If he sees a hole, he's hitting it and gaining yards. That's what he did all throughout college. But why Joshua Kelly? I have yet to see him move a pile. He's gotten stuffed at the goal line so many times. Why him?
0: Yeah. And I saw a lot of people questioning that play call, right? I mean, there was definitely people who were like, what are you doing? And like, Obviously, yeah, when it doesn't work out, obvi- that's going to be the reaction to it. But you saw what they were going for there. I mean, you gave your running back basically a one-on-one opportunity to get those two yards. Like, he had a full head of steam. If it's Austin Eckler there, I guarantee he picks it up. I mean, obviously, I can't know. But, like, he's he always falls forward in those situations, especially if you're going to give him a running start against even a linebacker. Unless it's like a 400-pound defensive lineman where he's just literally too small. To get the job done like he's gonna break that tackle he's gonna at least fall forward if he doesn't break it or he's, he's just gonna, gonna get that first stay on hand. his
2: feet drive his feet and hope someone comes from behind and pushes him forward where josh kelly just falls like any type of contact he's on the floor well
0: and the tough thing after that drive is i mean you don't get any points there it's still a tie game but then on the next drive you let the eagles go 16 plays 68 yards and get a field goal to go up up 10 to 7 and the tough thing about that david is just One of the keys to the game was obviously make Jalen Hurts throw the football, right? Early in the game, when the Chargers got two defensive stops, it came off of Jalen Hurts running the football, right? I am throwing the football, I should say. They made him throw it. He didn't convert on those, and they ended up getting off the field. On the last two drives for the Eagles, 22 out of their 25 plays were running the football. I mean, it doesn't get more like, hey, we're just going to run it at you than that. I mean, they just absolutely pounded. I mean, the one play at the end of it, it was twenty-two out of twenty-four, and then it was third and goal and Jalen Hurts had a bad throw into the end zone that got the Chargers, you know, to hold them to a field goal, maybe it would have been a Devontae Smith touchdown. But like that, to have that end that way, you don't get any points on that drive, and then you let the Eagles kind of just run it out, run the rest of the time in the half out, and then they go into halftime up ten to seven.
1: Well, you you knew what the Eagles were gonna do. You knew it was gonna be strength. Versus strength, they were they were going to deploy the running game a lot. Strength versus and, uh, a weakness, I would say. I, 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 I wasn't done yet. You, you cut me off, but w- what I meant to say is, on offense, it was going to be strength versus strength. The Chargers were going to use their passing offense to move down the football field, and the Eagles are going to use their strength, which is the running attack, to move down the football field. And now, what strength they versus, versus strength that. means. <laughs> Again, thanks thanks for interrupting me, but you know, it, it doesn't matter at this point. But you don't get away. yes, the, the Eagles they, they ran the ball down the Chargers' throat and to great effectiveness. We knew the char- we knew that the Chargers knew that they were going to do that, and the Eagles did it at will. The Chargers could not stop them, and it just took them a little bit too long to really figure out that, hey, I can pretty much throw in any running back I want to and get five yards a clip, and that's what ultimately ended up happening to end that first half.
0: Yeah, and it's tough. I mean, because you knew it was going to be an issue and, like, they just stopped even caring about throwing the football. It ended up, you know, opening up some throwing wins, I think, in the second half. And, I mean, the Chargers against the running backs, I think they gave up an average of, like, 4.2 to 4.3 yards just to the running backs. A lot of it was Jalen Hurts averaging, you know, six yards of carry and picking up key first downs. And we knew that he would, right? We knew he yeah. was their leading rusher going into it. We knew that was going to play a big factor in that game. And they let him get outside too easily, but... To have the half end like that is definitely demoralizing because you knew you left two big opportunities on the table where you went for it on fourth and you couldn't pick it up. I was still with them, but obviously it's hard to go into halftime knowing the way other teams have come out after halftime against the Chargers to feel good about that game. But it was the Chargers who came out hot, especially offensively in the second half and would end up pulling away in this game. We're going to get into all the biggest plays in the wild drives to end this game coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar and of course i'm talking about built bars if you guys haven't tried built bar by now i don't know what to tell you you are missing out they say it's a protein bar but i can promise you it does not taste like one it tastes more like a candy bar than it does a protein bar because most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down a built bar is soft it's covered in 100 real chocolate and when you bite into it you know you're eating something that's different i mean for me if it doesn't taste good i'm just not going to eat it whether it's good for me or not but that's the great thing about Built Bars. There's so many great flavors salted caramel, mint brownie, coconut almond, some of my favorites, peanut butter brownie, cookies, and cream. And right now, this month, guys, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So make sure you guys go check those out because they fit on your diet as well. They're all low carb, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. And we can even save you guys some money. If you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LACT15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LACT15 for 15% off at Built.com. I was going to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.ag. They're back in better than ever right now, guys, with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you guys can even get some free money to play with. There's nothing better than betting with free money. I mean, when you're playing with house money, you always win, and right now you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, one word to receive that bonus. From football, basketball, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Let me tell you guys, if you guys weren't betting on this last UFC card, I know David was watching it. Absolute banger after banger. And there was definitely some money and some big upsets that paid out fat at Bet Online in that last weekend. So make sure if you guys want to go bet on anything, make BetOnline your number one place to go because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and you can get some free promo code MONEY with that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. For as bad as the Chargers' offense looked in the first half at times when they weren't converting those fourth downs, they came back strong in the second half, right? Chargers, with the way that first half ended, you knew it was going to be very limited possessions, right? The Chargers really only had three drives in that first half. The last one they get it right before halftime, Austin Eckler gets a like, you know, little pass. It was really no drive there at all. I like the fact that Brandon Staley is like, you know, I'm just going to give it to Austin Eckler and we'll just see what happens. I mean, there is a non-zero chance he just goes like 80 yards for a touchdown. But the Chargers offense needed a good drive to come out, out of the first half and they needed some points on the board and they ended up getting it on their first drive. They end up going down, adding a field goal. You know, Brandon Staley does kick field goals as well. There was a nice lofted pass to Donald Parham down the sideline where I literally, in real time, was like, probably don't throw that into double coverage. And then I just realized that Donald Parham is just taller than everybody else, and it doesn't really matter. You know, when it's him, you're throwing the ball to. Gets a 15-yard catch by Josh Palmer on the drive. Keenan Allen comes up with a clutch third down for 16 yards on that one. But they end up having to get a field goal, but you were happy with points at that point, especially after you miss on two fourth downs in the first half. You're like, okay, I'll take the three points there. Let's take the tie game. And then they get a big play from Joey Bosa. And I know, you know, John's going to say Jalen Hurts, you know, tripped over his own offensive lineman. But I do think Joey Bosa had something to do with that rushing on the inside. And he was very happy to take that sack there by getting that little tap on Jalen Hurts and collecting, you know, his sack on that one. It was huge because drives were at a premium. The Chargers get off the field there. The Eagles end up going negative one yard and have to punt. And then the Chargers come back and finally get the big play. We've been hoping for, right? And this time it's Mike Williams, John, where he catches a 49-yard catch. 49 yards has (laughs) gives it no justice. I mean, Justin Herbert was rolling to his right. It was a lot like the play in the Browns game where he broke off. for. It wasn't the 70-plus-yard touchdown. It was the other one. I think it was a 40-plus-yard touchdown on that one where he goes across the formation. This time he's covered well by Darius Slay, who's obviously the Eagles' best corner. Justin Herbert puts a dime on him. Mike Williams makes a nice contested catch and the Chargers end up finishing the drive with Donald Parham stiffing Darius Slade into the shadow realm on his way to an eight-yard catch-and-run touchdown.
2: The Mike Williams play was a play that was set up. You used all your plays throughout this game to set that up and you got Mike Williams deep, one-on-one, you take your chances with it and it works out. That's what happens when you use plays that set up other plays. If you're just calling plays just to call them because, hey, Keenan, i can catch a slant route. Let's call this slant route. That's only going to work a couple of times before they figure out what you're doing. you got to set everything up, and that was a beautiful job of setting that play up. And then Donald Parham, this guy does not get credit at all. As David would say, he doesn't get credit for his agility or any of that stuff, but even yeah. his, just his strength to knock someone on the floor and keep going, to juke someone out. The guy is a special athlete. He's, he needs to get the ball more. Like I well, talk talked about, talk last about efficiency,
1: week. right? Just talk about efficiency. This, all this dude does, does is catch third downs and catch touchdowns. That's all Donald Barham does.
2: He catches big plays They don't even count. His big plays keep getting called back by penalties. Imagine what his stats should really look like. You know, like He should have some better stats if not for penalties by offensive linemen doing illegal formations or something like that. Right. He's had some really big plays this season. He's not used enough.
0: No. And he had a good game in this one. It still feels like he's underused, right? But it's hard to, you know, argue with throwing to the other tight ends because they caught everything that went to them as well, including the 11 catches and the two-point conversion, which ended up coming after another frustrating Eagles drive, right? And I'm going back to Donald Parham. When you're that tall and lanky, it makes you an easier target a lot of times, right? Like you're such a big target to hit that you don't expect them to be, you know, stiff-arming guys and getting them out of the way as much as he does and has shown to do in his short time with the Chargers. But the Eagles came back on the next drive, and they weren't messing around either because they had a very uncharacteristic drive against the Chargers' defense, chunk play after chunk play. After all the running we saw the Eagles do towards the end of that first half, they weren't doing it that way in the second half. You could tell the Chargers were trying to stop the run. It ended up being plays of 19 and 23 yards to Devontae Smith, a 21-yard catch. And was covering? Yeah, well, Chris Harris Jr. was definitely uh, burnt toast in this game. I mean, it was something we were super concerned about because, you know, if you had a Chris Harris Jr. you felt good about, you'd at least feel a little bit better about not having Michael Davis and obviously Asante Samuel Jr. But, like, knowing the way he's played lately, obviously it's tough when he's, you know, your main guy out there. He got beat a lot, and this was a drive where they did as well. And after the Chargers couldn't get the PAT, Dustin Hopkins, you scrub. How do you miss a PAT? The Eagles end up going up 17-16. to 16. It ends up being an easy Kenneth Gainwell one-yard touchdown. But the Chargers would answer back again. And, like, they kept taking punches from the Eagles, and they kept answering back. And that's something we got accustomed to early on in the season where they just kept going up against adversity, and they kept coming through to win one-score games. It felt like the Chargers had to score every time they had the ball in the second half, and they did. But it felt like they really, really needed it. And then the next drive, they go 10 plays, 61 yards, And get the touchdown with the two-point conversion to put them back up 24 to 17. That was huge, right? Because first of all, let's talk about this. Justin Herbert keeping it himself from eight yards out. In the red zone, Justin Herbert using his legs easily gets in for the end zone. And like if he pauses a second, that rushing lane closes, right? That's the NFL, especially when you're a guy who's 6'6, even as athletic as he is. If you wait at all, it's gone. He was very decisive. He gets into the end zone, David, and he gets the two point conversion to Jared Cook, which was an absolute bullet. I mean, Justin Herbert's rolling out to the right. Is somebody gonna pop open? Is somebody gonna pop open? Nobody's gonna pop open. Rocket launcher. I'm just gonna throw it into this one foot box, uh, yeah, Jared Cook's knees, and just hope he holds on to it. They get it, and it was a huge answer by the Chargers' offense.
1: Yeah, a, a great decision by Justin Herbert too, to just to recognize that the coverage was good on the play and that he had a big opening and. And he didn't really even need to score on that one. It's great that he did, and he was able to get in the end zone. But he made the right decision to take off and run and not force a ball into a place that he didn't need to. He was making good decisions all game long, and that continued on this drive and that particular play. A great touchdown by Justin.
2: And on this play, you had that holding penalty that made it a second and 17. Yeah. And yet you still Huge. got a first down. You got a two completions to Kean Allen, an 8-yarder, and an 18-yarder. You stay calm. Like, hey, we, we messed up. We got a penalty. That's okay. We're still going to get this. We're still going to get it. He didn't go conservative on the play call. He didn't go conservative on throwing. He doesn't. Herbert's not sitting there like, well, we're probably not going to get this. Just dump it off. He They went aggressive. and went Throw it out of the day. back
0: of the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was huge. They kept making big plays. Keenan Allen was so clutch in this game, right? I mean, 12 catches for over 100 yards. The average yards per catch wasn't great. And obviously, if you get stopped at the one-yard line on a one-yard reception, that's not going to help your average when you're having, you know, some of the plays where they had him open in the flats and he gets tackled for a three yard gain. That was easily balanced out by the big, ginormous plays he was making throughout the rest of that game. And Keenan Allen deserves a lot of credit. They needed him a lot of times and he just kept coming through for the Chargers. And you go up 24 to 17 late in the game and you're feeling much better than you were at least in the first half. But you also knew that the Eagles were going to get it back and they've been moving the ball well pretty much ever, you know, since the second drive of their the first half for them. After that, I mean, really, they only didn't score one time, and it was the Joey Bosa sack play, so they were moving the ball well, and they did again too easily. 10 plays, 78 yards. They get a 28-yard touchdown to Devonta Smith, who absolutely toasted Chris Harris Jr. again. Nazir Adderley probably took a little bit of a poor angle to that one as well. I mean, he looked like he could have potentially made a play on the ball, but I mean, you just can't give, you know, five yards of separation to the other team's, you know, wide receiver. Chargers probably should have had more pressure on that one, obviously. You would like to see the pressure get home there. At least make Jalen Hurts have to think about it instead of just giving him an open throwing lane to hit a deep pass down the field to Devontae Smith. But Devontae Smith is a stud. Chris Harris Jr. hasn't been playing well, and he gets into the end zone, and you just know, all right, here we go, right? The Chargers have to score on this next drive, and they have to get a stop. What we didn't know is that they were going to pull a Washington week one game, right? If they were going to pull an Eagles and just not really ever get the, give the ball back because the Chargers come up with a huge, it almost felt like it was obviously a, a season shift or game shifting drive, right? But it felt like a season shifting drive to some extent just because we talked about it before, David, right? I mean, five and three sounds so much better than four and four. It just seems like so those are better. in two different worlds right there. And they end up going 15 plays, 64 yards and get a field goal to make it 27-24. There was a questionable spot with Austin Eckler coming up short on a third and two play where he jumped over the line and it looked like he got it. They call fourth down, but after the charges in the first half, right? The story of the first half, two drives where he turned the ball over on downs. Then it comes to the last drive. Brandon Staley sticks with his guns, right? And John Kegley was talking about how there was a fan right on that last fourth down. He's like, why isn't the field goal kicker going out there? And John's just sitting there like, they obviously don't watch the Chargers or the first half because Brandon Staley goes for it yeah. on every fourth down.
2: I was like, oh, we got to pick up this fourth down. And he goes, it's fourth down. You guys are going to kick the field goal. And I was like, whatever, dude. And he's like, why isn't the kicker on the field? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe could I just said we're going to go for it on a fourth down? I mean, it's kind of like I, like I watch this team, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing too is like, you have to love that he goes for it all the time. And in that position, he wasn't just I'm gonna take the three points and pray that my defense holds up and pray that my new kicker who missed a point after kicks a you know 40 plus you know 40 mid 40s yard field goal. Like that's the old way of playing. You don't play like that anymore. You go for the win. If the Eagles still would have had about two minutes, right? If they don't pick up that fourth down, the Eagles still have two minutes to score. If they kick the field goal, the Eagles still have two minutes to go down and potentially win the game with a touchdown or tie the game with a field goal. So they go for it. They get two huge conversions on fourth down. And I think the biggest play of that drive is probably when they were about to kick the field goal, right? They don't have any timeouts left. Austin Eckler gets a negative one-yard run where you're like, okay, cool. We're going backwards now. We're making it a tougher field goal for Dustin Hopkins here. And then on second down and 11, a huge play. Austin Eckler goes and picks up 16 I'm sweating because not everyone's, you know, up as fast as I think they should be. I'm like, why is everyone so nonchalant about this?
2: They they literally were taking their time.
0: (laughs) And the funny thing is, is like, they still got it spiked with like six seconds left. They had plenty of time, but I was like, what is everyone? And like Justin Herbert, so good in those situations. So calm, got everybody up to the line, made sure nobody was moving. No dumb fall start penalties. The Chargers clock it. And Dustin Hopkins, the Chargers brand new kicker, David gets to come out and avenge his missed PAT. And that's the thing about Chargers fans, right? There's no gimme game winning field goal. The Chargers have seen it all. I mean, Nate Kading missed field goals. Every other kicker between Nate Kading and right now missing chip shot field goals. But Dustin Hopkins gets to actually go finish this game with the Chargers. I think it's a great confidence booster for him and for the Chargers to win another close game and where they were the reason they won the game. They went out and stole a victory.
1: Yeah, another drive where they had to kill six minutes, like literally six-plus minutes of the clock. That feels the
0: best. Running six minutes off the clock feels the best because guess what happened the last time the Chargers played the Eagles? It was like a seven-minute Garrett blunt head-bashing for them to finish the game after the Chargers had come all the way back, and they end with their offense on the field. Brandon Staley leaves no doubt about it, leaves them no time. It just feels the best when you win it like that, David. There's just really no feeling like it.
1: Absolutely. And not only that, but you're doing that on their home field, too. So it's just orchestrating that type of drive where you control your own destiny and you literally are not going to give them an opportunity to win the football game where your certainty for victory is near 100 percent. That's no better way to do it. That's how you draw it up. And they went out there and executed it to perfection. They kicked a short field goal, which I was still standing out of my seat for because oh, I'm a Charger yeah. fan. And I was not 100% sure that they were going to make that field goal. But they make the field goal, and they cover the kick, and they secure a massive,
2: massive victory to improve to 5-3. and three. Oh, dude. I had flashbacks to the 2005 Matt Ware game when they were ready to kick that field goal. I was like, I just have that feeling that someone's going to block this field goal and return it back just because that happened in Philly in 2005. We're up 17 to 13, about to kick a field goal. It was like under a minute or under two minutes left. You know, Eagles probably aren't going to move the ball very well. They haven't done it all year. Then that field goal's blocked. Matt Ware returns it. We lose the game. I'm like, don't do this to me. Just don't do this to me. Just please make the field goal. I'm like literally like hunched over on my knee. Just like, oh my God
0: yeah i mean that would have been a tough walk out of the stadium for john for sure i mean the the cool thing is too is was in my mind if for chargers fans like it doesn't matter what situation it is like you can always pull back you know it could be a fourth and 29 right you can always pull back a bad memory of the chargers you know blowing it like it doesn't matter what the situation is like you can always think of a time where the chargers have been in this exact situation and not won the game right which makes it so sweet and like That's the cool thing about being a Charger fan, too, is like when they finally do get it right, it feels so much better because of all the other times where they didn't get it right. You know, like you're just like, oh my God, like they did it. Like it it ended the way that good teams end things. Like, yeah. And it was just so (laughs) cool to see the Chargers kind of end things like that to get back, you know, off of that two game, you know, skid that they just had over a three week period heading into the stretch where. The AFC is so weird. <laughs> the Bills lost to the Jaguars 9 to 6 on Sunday. Like this conference is open. Like the Chargers even as a flawed team can make some noise, can compete with this conference. So to see them pick up another big win like this heading into Philadelphia, into a hostile territory, it's just a big win. It felt so much bigger than beating a 3 and 5 team and now 3 and 6 team, right? I mean, it was a team that was coming off a big win they were playing well. They played well in this game. Jalen Hurts played well in this game. They ran the ball well. The Chargers still won anyways. They barely had any offensive possessions. They still won anyways. And I think that is one of the things that this season so far has been defined by is the Chargers, instead of finding a way to lose, which we they did, you know, so many times last year, finding a way to win. And they did it again on Sunday. And... Another great thing, guys. We actually get to do what went right and what went wrong tomorrow because it's not two segments of what went wrong. That is a very exciting Wonderful. development here. I mean, tomorrow we'll be back on this game. Thank you to everyone who checked us out on this one. Thank you to everyone who checked us out on the Locked On Chargers YouTube page. Make sure to go subscribe. If you guys need an all-the-time NFL show that covers everything in the NFL, make sure to check out the Peacock and Williamson show wherever you get your podcast from. But thank you guys for joining us today and making us your first listen. John, thanks for, you know, coming on the show today after traveling to Philadelphia for that game. We very much appreciate it. And as always, you can find our new Locked On Chargers YouTube page. You can also find us on all of our social media, on Twitter, at L A C the Locked On Chargers Facebook page, and our Locked On Chargers Instagram page as well. But thank you guys so much for checking out. It's so nice to have a victory Monday to celebrate after feeling like a month since we've had anything good to talk about with the Chargers, anything positive, to talk about with the charges and we'll have more for you guys tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go bolts.